Do you want to be more like Daniel? You too can become a dissolver of doubts. Stay tuned right here on Bible Bulletin. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bible Bulletin. This week's bulletin is going to come from Daniel chapter 5 and verse 12. We're going to talk about being a dissolver of doubts. We want to be a little more like Daniel in this respect. So let's get into it. Daniel chapter 5 and verse 12. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar, now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. There's so much that you see in this, and I know that we've titled this Dissolver of Doubts. That's the one I want to focus on, one of the attributes, um, one of the uh, compliments attributed to Daniel is that he was a dissolver of doubts. So let's get into that for a few minutes. Don't you want to be an encouragement to your brothers and sisters in the church? Don't you want to be a blessing in the household of faith? Don't you want to... Help somebody the way you've been helped. So this episode means a lot to me. This is has a lot to do with why I do what I do here at Bible Bulletin. It has a lot to do with why I minister the way that I minister is because over the years, over the years, I have encountered men and women who, when I was going through hard times, when I was going through tough times, these men and women were there for me to give me a word of encouragement and action that was encouraging to me, an act of love, an act of encouragement, an example through their tough times. These people were dissolvers of doubt, dissolvers of doubts, plural, because doubts can come in many different shapes and sizes. In Daniel chapter 5, verse 12, we see Daniel is being described by others. They have to mention whom the king named Belteshazzar. Some people say Belteshazzar. It doesn't matter how you pronounce it. No one is alive today who heard them say it the way they said it back then. So it doesn't matter. Don't get caught up in that. (laughs) That kingdom doesn't even exist anymore in, in the natural world. So who knows? Who knows how they said it? But his Hebrew name was Daniel and... When they went to call him, they said, now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. They didn't want the guy that that Babylon was trying to make. That guy wasn't helpful. The guy who was a dissolver of doubts was Daniel. Daniel was very great encouragement. He had an excellent spirit. He had knowledge. He had understanding. He was able to interpret dreams and show hard sentences. Well, that's that in itself in modern day English is a hard portion of the sentence to even understand. He had the showing of hard sentences. This is a man of understanding. It's a man of godly understanding, man gifted with godly wisdom, with knowledge. And that ability is given to all newborn creatures in Christ We are given gifts. Now, God gives gifts according to his grace, and he gives grace according to his will and purpose. God gives gifts as he wills, as he desires, and 
one of the gifts of the Spirit is knowledge. And so you can have knowledge, you can have understanding to a higher level that is given to you by God. You can have the ability to interpret dreams given to you by God. Um, We don't get in all the hooky-spooky that the world has to offer, but God has gifts of the Spirit and abilities that he gives his people. So we don't have to look at Daniel and say, Daniel, wow, Daniel was a great man. And it's, it's true, he was. Daniel was a godly man. Yes, he was. But where you feel like you come up short measuring up to Daniel, how about this? All Daniel could do was cleanse himself by the word of God. That's the best he could do. But Jesus washed you white as snow. Jesus made you white as wool. I mean, you are clean. When you get the Holy Ghost, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're clean. And when he gives you the Holy Ghost, from that day forward, you have to protect that holiness that he gave you, that Holy Ghost and his righteousness that dwells in you. You have to keep that. you got to keep sin distant from that, okay? That's, that's our job. We do that to the best of our ability. We do come up short at times, but our goal is to, in our relationship with God, is to not trespass that gift of holiness and righteousness that God gave us. We keep distance from sin, from the world, from the carnal mind. We keep a distance. We don't even give place to the devil because this place belongs to God. So it's consecrated unto God. So Daniel was, he had an excellent spirit. But if you've been given the Holy Ghost, you got the Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying is, remember the words of Jesus. Daniel was not greater than Jesus. And Jesus said to his disciples, which translates to us, it continues. It's a, his word is everlasting, and it lasts through the apostles and to us. And he said, greater things than these shall you do. That's you, brothers and sisters. That's you and I. We have the ability to gain an excellent spirit. We got the Holy Spirit. Can't get any more excellent than that. But our spirit, man, should be known among those in the world that we have an excellent spirit given to us by God. And we have the ability to gain knowledge and understanding, to interpret dreams, showing of hard sentences. We also have this wonderful ability to be a dissolver of doubts. You know how you dissolve darkness? You shine light. You know how you dissolve sugar? You add more water. <laughs> and God give us water in abundance. He give us light in abundance. It's like a fountain flowing on the inside that turns into rivers flowing. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. God has given us great abilities in him and power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What a wonderful God we serve. What a wonderful, wonderful God we serve. The ability to take man and change him, what a miracle that is. Take somebody who is a creator of doubts, someone who was a propagator of doubts. Turn them into someone who is a dissolver of doubts. Someone who is an encourager to their fellow brother and sister and an encourager to those who shall be heirs of everlasting life and heirs of salvation. With that, I want to go to Acts chapter 13 and verse 43. 
with that in mind, this is going to be a very short podcast. I want to encourage you to grab a hold of this ministry. Someone blessed me with this ministry years and years ago. They, they displayed this to me and it helped me. It helped dissolve doubts in my life. And you have the ability to do that as well for your brothers and sisters. Acts chapter 13, verse 43. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Paul and Barnabas spoke to the Jews and the religious proselytes who followed Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas spoke to them and persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. It speaks many things to me. One, first of all, if I continue, let it be in the grace of God. If I continue, let it be. These people were already followers of Paul and Barnabas, but Paul and Barnabas persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. I don't want to continue in the shouting and and the self-righteousness. When I say shouting, I mean shouting at people. I don't mean shouting unto God with a voice of triumph, but in, in the yelling at each other and fussing about politics and, and, and yelling and screaming at each other about modern day arguments propagated by the media. We don't want to get involved in that. We don't want to be so entangled with that, that those thorns of the world choke out the fruitfulness of the precious seed that God gave us. But we want to continue in abundance. One seed goes into a ground. Many seeds fall from the tree. That's the plan of God in your individual life. And in it, that's the plan of God for your congregation and your assembly. That, that seed is planted and many other seeds follow after that that come from the abundant fruitfulness of that one church plant. That it would bear forth so much fruit that other church plants would be born from that work. The old man dies, is buried in the ground, buried with him in baptism. And then after that life-giving water flows and the seed will crack open and there will be evidence of new life coming up out of the ground. That should happen in our individual life. That should happen in our local organization, our local congregation. When I say local organization, I want you to understand me. What I'm talking about is if your church that you go to is is a local organization, you're organized in the sense that your pastor and and there's a hierarchy there and an order there and and there is a plan and there's like what happens to money that is giving. That's all organized, and that's what I mean. Now, some will be part of one. Collective organization, collective bodies, collective assemblies of local organizations to make a bigger organization. Some will be part of this one. Some will be part of that one. Some will be part of um, another one. And some will not join the collective organization, but will just pitch in however they can. And so we're all working many members together in the body of Christ. That is a sidebar. I didn't mean to do that, but... uh, Yeah, I I love people in every apostolic organization, and I love people who are not in the organization as well. So if you're looking for my opinion on organizations, I don't want to get entangled in the politics of this world. That's a worldly behavior. 
the us and them is a worldly behavior, and I'm not going to join that. What I'm going to do is be a dissolver of doubts for all of my brothers and sisters. That is why, that is why I started Bible Bulletin. If you want to know why, this is why I started Bible Bulletin. I want to take what God has given me, and I want to encourage other people. I want to dissolve doubts with a flood of life-giving water. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, and by understanding he hath established the heavens. By his knowledge, that's why I want to read it, because the particular sometimes, it's by his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. So life-giving water is presented because of the knowledge, because of his knowledge. And so I want to take his knowledge and I want to let it flow out of me like rivers of living water so that I can dissolve the doubts in someone's life. I want to dissolve the doubts in someone's life. I want to be a dissolver of doubts. God did not plan for us to keep this in and just make it on our own however we can, but God intends for us to spread this, to help someone, to encourage someone. Over the years, I've gone through some really tough times. I've really faced some really hard situations. There were people who come along who helped me right on time, spoke a word that saved my life, saved me from going down the wrong path. I don't recall ever having a moment where I wanted to backslide. I've never been there. Um, and if I had, I'd, I'd be willing to just be honest with you and tell you that'd just be part of my testimony of where God's brought me from. But I've never been in that place. But I have been in places where in my development especially was tempted to go down the wrong path and in some cases started down the wrong path. For instance, when I first got started in this ministry, I was so zealous that sometimes I crossed the line of jealous and was too aggressive. But the Bible tells us, let our speaking be done with large measures of grace seasoned with salt. And I would often have large measures of salt seasoned with grace. And that is not the path we should go along. Um. Maybe it was self-righteousness. Maybe it was just naivete. But what I found is that someone come along and gently speak wisdom into my life and show me. My wife's grandfather, Elder Bratcher, was such a graceful person. In fact, one time someone wanted to lash out at him, and they said, Oh, you're all about grace, aren't you? That was supposed to be that was supposed to be a put down. Oh, you're all about grace. And he said, Thank you. And he was. And it was effective. It helped a lot of people. He helped me. There were others. Um, we could name the names of big preachers, and I'm not here to name drop. That's not what we're about. Um, but I will tell you there were very personal blessings to me. Elder John Christ out of Louisiana um, come through at a hard time in my life, him and his son, Jonathan Christ, and spoke words of life into me, encouraged me, 
spoke words of life into me, helped me carry on in the right direction rather than getting caught up. They said what they could to give me encouragement. They found ways to encourage me and help me keep going forward in God. And at a time when the devil desired to sift me as weak, here were two great men of God and others, plenty of others along the way, who gave me a word of encouragement, who gave me something I needed to hear to carry on and move forward in God. I remember one elder come up to me one time. He said, Brother Jonathan, the weeping prophet. And I looked at him at And I don't know if I said this, but I thought this. And oftentimes when I thought something, I either said it or my face showed. But I didn't want to be called the weeping prophet. I read Lamentations. I didn't want anything to do with that. I didn't want that to be my ministry. (laughs) I was young and I wanted to be an evangelist, man. Call me Elisha. Call me Peter. Call me Paul. Call me anything but the weeping prophet. Don't call me that in my young naive eyes i thought oh lord please i don't want to be called that and it really stuck with me that there that it is bible there was a weeping prophet and there would be times when i would finally latch a hold of having a burden for lost souls having a burden for the church for my church family you know i spent the first few years of my ministry in this battle of direction. Was I going to go with grace or was I going to go on an attack? There were a lot of preachers at one time who thought it was, they thought it was the will of God to just attack other preachers and attack the saints of God that people would drive for miles and miles and miles. And, and, you know, at a time when um, cell phones were kind of new. Um, GPSs were not normalized yet. Uh, we'd get our roadmaps out. We would have a roadmap for each state. I remember this. This is how old I am. When I first got in church, if I went to a church meeting, oftentimes they were called camp meetings. And we had a map. I had a map of Florida. I had a map of Alabama. I had a map of the Carolinas. I had a map of Tennessee, and when I'd go to all these camp meetings, I'd have to roll that map out. I remember digging it out of my trunk because I didn't know where I was, and I would try to figure it out. I'd have to ride down the road, see a mile marker, see an exit sign, see some kind of crossroads, find that on the map, hope it was on there. (laughs) And, And then by the time you do all of that and you pay for a hotel and you're going out to eat, which you normally didn't do, Uh, And then you go to these meetings and get bashed and lashed out at. That was normal. And uh, I thank God that over time, I would say what really helped to wipe that out, because some of you young people don't know anything about this, and I thank God that you don't. What really helped to wipe that out more than anything, I think, to really finalize and put the nail in that stupid coffin, just to bury that that nature and that weird, hateful uh, attitude and spirit that was so prevalent. What really helped wipe that out was COVID. COVID got people thinking, you know, this is real and we need to quit playing around. We need to love one another. We need to help dissolve doubts. We need to help encourage one another. You think about it, if you think about encouraging someone is dissolving their doubts. You're encouraging them. You're helping them 
to move forward in God. That's what we all want to do. We want to encourage people and persuade them to continue in the grace of God. Well, I kind of got off the rails here a little bit, but my point was I want to continue in grace and to gracefully love my brothers and sisters instead of attacking. You think about it like this. You're fighting on one side or the other. And if you're fighting against the church of God, who are you fighting for? It ain't God. God help us to fight on the right side and to fight against the proper enemies and to fight for our God and his church. To be a dissolver of doubts. There are people out there. There's lots of folks out there who believe in the Lord. They're hungry for someone to help them with their unbelief. They're hungry for someone to boost their faith. To speak faith into their lives. Their hearts cry out, Lord, I believe. But help thou my unbelief. Their hearts still cry that same cry. That the man cried to Jesus, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And many times our brothers and sisters and those who are to become our brothers and sisters, those who are to be heirs of salvation, many times they're hurting, many times they are suffering. To act like that's not happening is to be insensitive to the spirit. Open your spiritual eyes. Open your eyes in general and just see. You'll see a hurting people and a suffering people outside of the church, and sometimes there'll be times even in the church when we need to persuade people to continue in the grace of God. We need to be a dissolver of doubts. We need to help. On this journey of yours from this moment on, as you decree and you declare that you're going to dissolve doubts in your brothers and sisters and in those who are to become your brothers and sisters, in the children of God, you're going to help the children of God and persuade them to continue in grace. I pray that God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. 